Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Full Court Podcast brought to you by Enoch Lee and Angus Wong. We are on episode double digits. Number 10. Yes, sir. Number 10, and guess who's back? I'm back. (laughs) Guess who's back? Coming back from uh, actually Vegas. So this boy went to Cancun, came back home for like two days, and then left again for Vegas, bro. Back to back. Um I'm extremely tired. Now I know how LeBron feels going to eight finals in a row. I don't. I understand that level of fatigue, but unfortunately, this week you guys will not be getting the sweet, dark voice of Aaron Robinson. Instead, you will be getting my voice. Hopefully, hopefully, it just doesn't disrupt the the flow of the show. Um, we, tell tell me about um tell me about the trip a little bit. Tell them about the trip a little bit. Uh, both of them, okay, mainly Cancun. So Cancun. I know what goes on in Vegas. Cancun. No, I can't speak on Vegas because you already know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. All right. But Cancun, <laughs> I can see why NBA players go there uh, after they lose in the playoffs or after the season is over. And honestly, I took a I took a good preview of Cancun for all the teams that not that are not named the Sacramento Kings. And I'm just going to tell you, all 29 teams, Cancun is extremely nice. I recommend you guys stay at Hotel X. Get it. Uh, it's a great experience, and I'm pretty sure Dick and House like. A bunch of NBA players there. The beds, the beds are huge. What was the weather like? Was it cloudy at all? No, it was a sunny weather. It was mid eighties to high seventies every single day. But one thing that sucks is the amount of mosquitoes, the iguanas, uh, and the weather is so humid. Like if you walk outside, you're already sweaty. Yeah, like that, I, that would I, suck for me. I hate and humidity. I know that you you sweat a lot. Enoch, Enoch Lee is the heaviest sweater I've ever seen. But yeah. I know that he would he would be having buckets, sweating buckets in Cancun. Yeah. Um What were you what, what were you up to when I was gone? Bro, I'm out here working, bruh. You know, making sure that this podcast stays alive, you feel me? Yes. Cause our producers, our producers gave us very low budget to work with, so we we have to work second jobs on the side. This podcasting is not our main main gig, guys. This is not a gig at all, y'all. We don't make any money from this shit. So, <laughs> this but, is based on pure love of the game. Facts, facts. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm glad you had a good time, bro. Um, I'm sure everyone missed you. No, no one missed me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, let's get into the let's get into some basketball talk, man. Playoffs, actually, the plan starts tomorrow. We finally have what the playoff picture looks like. Um, top 10 teams from each conference. Um, the most notable thing, in my opinion, was um, some of you probably already know the Dallas Mavericks not making the playoffs. That's insane and- to me because I think after that trade, I had them at fourth in the West, and they're, they're not even sniffing the playoff picture. Yeah, boy, were we both wrong, especially me. I thought they were going to be not better. Uh, they looked worse. Uh, everything looked like it started to fall apart once Kyrie there. Kyrie got there. I'm not saying this was Kyrie's fault because there's a lot of shit going on in that organization. But yeah. ever, ever since he got there, it kind of seemed like a free fall. And it, it looked like it was heading in that direction. But once Kyrie got there, it was a straight fucking free fall. And and now they're not even in the play-in, which is insane to me. The Oklahoma City Thunder made the plan, and they're up two games, so it wasn't it wasn't even necessarily close compared to how you, the rest you have of the Luca, 
Luka, yeah, Luka Doncic in his prime as a young player, only winning 38 games in a single season. Like, that's that's terrible. Inexcusable. Actually. Yeah, did you see what Mark Cuban had to say to the, the media the other day? Uh, about uh, shutting down the season for Luka? Just, or? Uh, just about everything. How he's just talking about, uh, he's bringing up the Brunson stuff. He's bringing about, he's, he's bringing up, all this stuff that that seems like it doesn't even matter, you know. You already lost, but why are you bringing up stuff in the past? Like he was showing like text messages from Brunson and Brunson's dad, and and how they had a contract in the works and how it's gonna be done. And it was like, man, why are you talking about this right now? Everyone knows you screwed up with that Brunson shit, including me, and. And and you didn't make the playoffs. Okay, so what? Like, why are you talking about the past? Talk about it. Just it seems like it's just it's just chaos. It seems like just just pure chaos in that organization from top to bottom. It's 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 really bad. I think Jason Kidd might have coached his last game with the Mavericks, and it's funny because in his exit interview, he was talking about how you're going to see a lot of new faces here next year. But will we even see your face next year, Mister Kidd? They said that. <laughs> yeah, he said there's gonna be a lot of new faces here next year. No way, bro. There, he he's he's got to be the worst coach in the league. But I say that every podcast, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into that. Y'all know why I know. I think he's a bad coach. Any um any takeaways from the teams that made the playoffs, Angus, in either either conference? Now actually made the playoffs or like still in the play in picture? Either. Either okay. So what I have on my side is that the Warriors are entering the, entering the playoffs pretty hot. They they won eight of the last ten games. Yeah. And there's a potential with Andrew Wiggins coming back, and that is scary because you Definitely. know who they're matched up with. Yeah. <laughs> no, fuck. Not not talk about the Kings. Just talk talk. Tell me about the Warriors, bro. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> I'm I'm just leaving you on the cliffhanger. And the Warriors seem to have found some magic with their three guard lineup with uh Divincenzo. Curry and Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has been an absolute heater the last couple, the last half of the season. He looks like a, he looks like 2016 Clay, but a little bit slower, but still, still hitting his shots. Yeah, which is good. And the Suns, the Suns are another team that really caught my eye because they're rolling. They have not lost a single game when their big three play. And but granted, they haven't played against really top tier opponents. Yeah, they haven't. But that's still good practice because they're getting their runs in. But one thing I have noticed when they play is that Kevin Durant does not force the issue at all. He plays within the flow of the game, and so does Devin Booker, and so does Chris Paul. So when you have, like, three unselfish guys like that who who just know basketball in the most purest form, then that's a team that can go really far in the playoffs. For sure. But I am, I think- I am concerned about their lack of time together because they did deconstruct half their roster at the trade deadline and put Kevin Durant, but he's a, he's a top 15 player of all time, and talent talent wins you championships sometimes. Yeah. I mean, some people might put them, him in the top 10, but we're not, we're not talking about that. But, yeah, I mean, the Warriors, uh, going back to the Warriors, uh, 55 points in the first quarter last night. Fucking against ridiculous. the Blazers, though. Against, I guess against the Blazers. And it's funny because – the Blazers are running their third, fourth stringer, some G League guys, and the and the, and, and the Warriors have their whole starting five in, minus Andrew Wiggins. And you could just tell Steve Kerr's like, look, 
we got this last game until playoffs. We got to give it our all. We got to we got to ramp ourselves up into playoff mode. And that you could totally see they took that game really serious. And it it was funny because it was like you got the Blazers who were trying to lose, and then you got the Warriors who not only needed the the win for seeding, but also they just they needed to get right. And <laughs> I felt bad for the Blazers, man. I really did. <laughs> it's because how, how do you even coach a game like that if you're Chauncey Billups? Yeah, they lost by 56 in Portland. Port, the Blazers lost by 56 on their own home court. That's, that's I really feel for it. And then um, you had Damian Lillard. He came out with a quote the other day saying that he's not prepared to add another young player and wait two or three years for them to develop. He wants to win right now. So that's additional pressure on this on this Portland team to make changes in the offseason. Yeah. I think I think it really comes down to whether they or not they get that first pick. Um because <laughs> everything could change if they get Wemby. But yeah, um and actually there's rumblings about that. They're saying that they'll likely trade away the first round pick unless they get the first overall pick. Yeah. Um but going back to your sons, I think and I've said this before, the Suns, the only thing standing in their way is durability. Like, if one of those three guys goes down, I think it's wraps. I think even if you, unless unless it's Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, if D-Book goes down, you still have a chance, in my opinion. If Kevin Durant goes down or Chris Paul goes down, it's over for them. I just don't think they have enough depth to replace that type of talent, that level of talent, how much Chris Paul brings to that offense and how much KD brings to that offense. Yeah, Devin Brooker brings the same amount. You know, he can get it done as well. But I think the impact that those two guys have, like you said, KD can just play in the flow of the offense. Um, Devin Booker is the offense. So, mm-hmm. um, but if you take away Devin Booker, Booker, you have a guy that can pass in Chris Paul, run the floor, and we're still for we haven't even mentioned Aiton yet, who is a solid player. Um, well, he wants to be. Yeah, that's that's the thing. He just with doesn't him. have the motor. That's the thing with him. But um, I think guys like Kevin Durant can keep him accountable. So I think it's just durability with that team. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm not going to mention who they're playing. The Clippers. Uh, I'm not going to. We're going to get to that later. But I think that that is a a pretty pretty lax matchup for the suns oh you think it's gonna be an easy matchup for the sun we'll get we'll talk about it later i'll tell you what i think for real all right but but um, for the sun sticking to the sun i do have two two red flags in addition to what you say about their durability uh i don't think they have a they don't they only have four starting level players on their team everyone else is not a starting caliber player and what we know about championship teams is that they're at least sixty-seven, six to seven starters deep, and then one bench guy. Like they yeah. have seven players that can start on any basketball team, but the Suns only have four. Granted, the four that they have are like all stars, all NBA type players. But there has to be. A, but when you only have four players like that, one player is going to be completely left alone on offense. Whoever it is, whether it's Tory Craig or Josh Okogie, that player is going to get left alone on offense and defenses can really collapse on the paint or in that mid-range area which the Suns are really good at. The Suns will live and die by the mid-range. That's a good shot to bet on though. Yeah, because you have three of the most elite players at making mid-range jumpers 
Yeah. But at some point, when you're forcing them to make mid-ranges over and over again, and then your opponent, let's say the Clippers, are making more threes than you are, the math is going to math. The Clippers are going to end up scoring in the margin, scoring more in the margins based on the amount of three-pointers made. That's true. I agree, but it's also like you also have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, two of the most prolific three-point shooters in the league. So I, I don't— But both I think, are having down years in three-point shooting volume. But, bro, it's not going to look like that in the playoffs, man. You know that. Yeah, it's a different animal for sure. But I think you make a great point about depth, but I think the depth becomes a real issue once one of those three guys, four guys goes down. When you have those four guys healthy— I really don't think depth is that much of it. Yeah, you don't have another like like solid solid starter per se, mm-hmm. but you still have you have solid players: Landry Shamit, T.J. Warren, Josh Okogie, uh, uh, Damian Lee, Jock Landale, Jock Landale, who turns it up for whatever strange reason when the when it when it matters most. Uh, they have they have hoopers and guys like buy into the defensive side of the floor and offensive side and can make big shots. I've seen I've seen freaking uh Landry Shamit drop 30 before. 40 I've seen before. 32. But so you, if you don't have a guy off the bench that you can call on their number and they can give you a consistent 8 points then I think that's that's going to lead to the d- demise of the Phoenix Suns this season. They do have a couple guys. They do have a couple you, guys. You think so that yeah. you can reliably reliably call on because I've seen Josh Kogi for eight go points. 0 for 10. Josh Kogi is trash. Josh Kogi <laughs> jo- is 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 Josh Kogi is not trash. He's a hustle player, but he he's not he can't really shoot and he doesn't have a very polished game. But Cameron Payne does and Terrence Ross can make shots. Landry Shaman can make shots. Uh Cameron Payne can make shots. Tory Craig can sometimes make shots. But if you those are, that's just names three dudes. TJ Warren can make that's four four guys off the bench that can make shots. TJ Warren, Terrence Ross, Cameron Payne, and uh, uh, Landry Shamit. Those guys can make make shots. And if you got like you said one guy, if they have one guy out of those four per game, just one of the four per game goes like fifteen points. I think that's all you need. One, but then you're still missing. I think you still need six players that can produce. We know that they have four, but who's their sixth player that can produce? Because you're fifth, you're relying on wild cards to be your fifth and sixth option. Who starts? And you know what Tory happens Craig to wild starts, cards, right? Toy Craig starts, right? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. Josh Okogie. I think so. One of those two. If you're playing the can Clippers, any of those get, if, if you're if you're if you're on the starting lineup in the NBA in the playoffs, each starter has to score at least ten points. That's that's typically the rule of thumb for a good. Yeah, but not if you not if Durant has thirty five, Devin Booker has thirty, Chris Paul has eighteen, DeAndre Ayton has twenty. Like that, you don't need ten from every player if that's the case. If that's the case, like Kevin Durant can take over a game by himself. Devin Booker can take over a game by himself. You put those two guys and you have Chris Paul running the offense. I I, I think I don't know. I don't I don't I don't really think. We'll see. I well, could be wrong, but I don't think depth. I is think that that's much the strategy of the team. That's the strategy of the teams that the Suns are going to go up against. They're going to let the four. those those four. No, let those four do their thing, and then shut down the bench. Make sure that the bench aren't getting anything that they want. Because you let those four score, that's that's probably like a hundred to hundred and ten points of production, and then, and these playoff teams they can all score. None of them score average less than hundred and ten points per game. 
So that's why I believe that the biggest weakness of the Suns is the lack of a fifth starter. Yeah, it's for sure. Yeah, it's probably their biggest weakness if they have a weakness. It's, it's definitely that fifth spot and de- depth on the bench. But I don't think they have the worst depth in the le- in the playoffs or play-in teams. Uh, I, I think the Warriors have a, a much worse depth issue mm, I than, the, than the Phoenix Suns. And um, we, I do want to talk about the Kings-Warriors series uh, later on the podcast, but I do want to say one thing. Um, I just saw a post, and it's just some random stuff, but I saw a post, and one of my one of my, uh, people I follow um, saying, oh, Kings are going to be a first-round exit after, they see, after he saw that the Warriors, that we're playing the Warriors in the first round. And on first, on first thought, it's like, yeah, okay, it's the Warriors. It's scary. But on second thought, people forget so quick how bad the Warriors are at on are on the road. Like it's terrible. Yeah. I, and when I looked it up to give him like a, a point, like actual stat to uh, prove my point, I didn't realize how bad they were. Man, there's only three teams worse than them on the road, and it's the Spurs, the the Rockets, and the fucking Pistons. Those three teams are the only worst, only teams worse on the road than the Warriors, bro. They're the fourth worst team on the road in the NBA, and there is not there's not a team even close to them in the playoffs slash playing that have even that sort of record on the road. And yeah, and 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 yeah, you could say, oh, it's playoffs to Steph Curry, but yeah, like we said, we've been talking about death. We talk about the 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 Suns and how they need depth. It's the same with the Warriors, except the Warriors don't have Kevin Durant. The Warriors don't have Devin Booker. The Warriors don't have Chris Paul. They have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson if he's hitting. So I don't know. I, I I'm really confident in the Kings, and it does scare me playing Steph. But when you think about how they've been playing on the road and how good of a home court we have, and also that we have home court advantage. It does make me feel a little more relaxed. Do you think that argument's valid? I think it's valid. And I also, here's here's a thought I have. People expect every year for the Warriors to be championship or bust. But I think that's extremely unfair. Because when we look at the career of other greats, they didn't make the finals every single year. Yeah, we, they, they don't make the finals every year. And I still think, think the Warriors are in the dynasty. But even dynasties didn't win championships every single year. Like, take the Celtics dynasty in the 80s. They only won three or three championships with, in the span of eight years. So expecting the Warriors to go for championship number five this year is unfair to them. So I, I just hope fans taper their expectations with what, what, the, what the Warriors are doing. I think going into the season, people didn't, going into playoffs, like the last few weeks of the regular season, people didn't really think the Warriors are that much of a threat. But once the once the standings are set and you see the Warriors on that top six, all of a sudden it's like they have just as good a chance as any team in the playoffs. And that's just because we've seen what they can do in the playoffs, regardless of what they do in the regular season. And also, they look good right now. They That's just yeah. plain and simple. They look good right now. The argument that I hate the most, is when people are saying that the Warriors would just flip a switch, flip a switch, but I haven't seen them flip a switch the entire season. Uh, like their starters, we're talking about Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney. They've only played 705 minutes together in 82 games, 705 minutes. They're not even getting 10 minutes per game with each other. 
mainly due to the injuries and um, Andrew Wiggins being out with personal reasons. So I, I, I get that they were great to begin the season, but this, this absence so long from Andrew Wiggins, it's, you have to think it does take a toll on the team. And you also have to think about how Draymond Green is going towards free agency this summer, and we're not sure where his mind is at. Yeah. So those can play factors in this Warriors playoff run. It's kind of hit or miss for them. It's kind of they either blow a team out and they're playing insanely good the entire game, or it's just you don't see anything good for them the entire game. Like you get little spurts, but that's it. That's and that's why they are the biggest wild card to me. And I don't think wild cards can win. If I were to bet on it, I would not give the Warriors the best chance of winning the championship this year. Yeah, for sure not. Hell no. The Suns have a much better chance of winning the championship than the Warriors. For sure. The Nuggets have a much better chance of winning the championship. If we're just talking about the West. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 are they are the sixth best. That's what I told the guy. I said the Kings are the third best team in the league in the in the West for a reason, and the Warriors are the sixth best team in the West for a reason. And it's that plain. It's plain and simple. It's plain and simple. I, I but agree. we'll we'll get we'll go in a little more depth later on. But uh, I have one more question before we get into our next segment. Uh, so right now the MVP um, MVP matchup, or you know, it's it's between the two number one seeds. You know, Jokic on the Nuggets and then standing on the number one seed, and Jan. Uh, sorry, sorry. Well, Giannis too, but mainly the Sixers, who are the third seed. My my apologies. Uh, but between these guys, this the Embiid and Jokic, who has the most pressure to go to the finals this season? For me, I people are gonna say Jokic, but I think it's Embiid because Embiid Embiid has been on a quote unquote contending team. Ever since 2019, 20, that 2019 with Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid, that team was an extremely deep team, and they're expecting to make the finals and then build on that. And right now, it's it's been four years since that since that heartbreaking loss in the semis, and the Sixers don't really have anything to show for it. They don't have no conference finals appearances, and they they have James Harden now, who arguably has had one of the better years of his career, just led the league in assists again. And I just don't see how people don't think this is a championship or bust year for the Sixers. And James Harden is also a free agent this summer, so there's, there's immense pressure on the Sixers to win. And we're not sure how much longer Embiid is going to be able to be this dominant because we see how the injuries have been piling up, and he's also a big man that entered the league with foot issues. And those those players don't last too long in the league. And I just want to be able to see him win the championship before before his decline begins. Yeah, he's he's pretty fucking dominant right now. And I he had a pr- relatively um, healthy season. If we're talking about Joel Embiid, pretty healthy, uh, yeah. Yeah, for Joel Embiid, he had a pretty healthy season this year. So if he doesn't win MVP, he's probably never going to win it. He's probably never going to win it unless he has a, a year where he has. What's the requirement now? 60 games? 65 games. 65, 65 games. There's no way in hell we'll see Embiid play 65 games in a year, bro. Ever. <laughs> so when he doesn't win the MVP this year, he's never going to fucking win it. Unless they change the rule back. he plays 66 this year. 
Oh, he played 66? 66. 66 was the game he played this year. And surprisingly, he played 68 last year. So these wow. have been the two most healthiest seasons of his career. Okay, and he's at 28 years old. I thought I thought it was at 55 this year. I thought he had 55 games. But I was, I was wrong. Wow. Wow. But arguably his best his best season of his career so far. So which is why and he's had he has an all NBA level teammate this season, which is why I think that there's so much pressure on the Sixers to win. I I think you're not wrong. Um but I think that the, I think that Jokic has a little bit more pressure uh for a couple reasons. One, the West isn't as stacked, okay? Let's just let's just be honest. The West is not as stacked as the East right now. Um, the Nuggets have been the number one seed for basically the entire season, and Jokic has two MVPs. How many MPs? How many MVPs does Embiid have? He's probably gonna have his first one this season. Zero, though. As of now, as of today, he has zero, and and, and Jokic has two. And Jokic has he ever been to the conference finals either? Yeah, he was in the conference finals during the bubble. Okay, yeah, that was the year Jamal Murray was going stupid. But since yeah. then, uh, he has failed to make to make the uh, the finals. Last year, he he won MVP um, without Jamal Murray, and they lost in the second round uh, to the Warriors. Or, or was it the Warriors or was it the Mavs? It it was to the Warriors. It was to the Warriors. Yeah, Jokic Jokic absolutely carried that team to forty eight wins last season. So I can yeah. see why he got the MVP. So nobody expected him to win the championship last season, but he he's still the most consistent, most available superstar in the league right now. Yeah, and I think that I think that you have two MVPs under your belt, and you've been the best team in the West. Uh, and we're not talking about who has the most pressure to win the finals. We're talking about who has the most pressure to just even make the finals for the first time between these two players. And um, I think it's pretty close, but in my opinion, it's Jokic. Jokic with the most pressure. Yeah, slightly, slightly more. I just think because they've been playing really good all season, uh, and they've been the favorites in the West for the majority mm-hmm. of the season, and they have, they're pretty healthy right now, and they have Jamal Murray back. So if they don't make the finals this year, I think there's kind of like there's going to be a little bit of drama. So I think there is is obviously there's going to be a lot of drama if the Sixers don't make the the finals either. But it's also like if they lose the Bucks in the co- the conference finals, like who's going to be mad? You know, or the Celtics. Yeah, no, nobody, everybody thinks those are the top three dogs: the Bucks, Sixers, and Celtics. So if any of those teams lose to each other, it's all fine. It's all fine because they played against played against similar competition. But it's That's the fact that the Sixers keep losing to opponents that are not better than them. That's why. That's why many people don't think that. That's why they're under the most pressure. They lost to the Sixers that one year where Ben Simmons didn't dunk the ball. And I mean, they lost to the Hawks. The Hawks. Yeah. yeah. My apologies. The year that Ben Simmons didn't dunk the ball. And then last year, they lost to the Heat where Bam Adebayo was having a crazy year. But Embiid was an MVP candidate. So he definitely should have been able to put away the Heat last season. Although the James Harden and Embiid were both injured for parts of that series, but availability yeah, that is with something that face, I want. Right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's he was that's playing crazy. with a broken face. Um, yeah, playoffs are looking crazy this year. I, I'm like, I've I've 
I don't think I've been this invested in the plan slash or first round uh, in a while. So this is cool. Um, but you've also been 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 betting more this season, right? Yeah, I've been I've been well. I play fantasy every year, so I mean I'm always invested into the, in the NBA. Uh, and this year I've been betting a little bit. Uh, you yeah. saw my dude. You saw my fucking six pick that almost hit. Yeah, you almost hit it, but uh, you almost hit it. You almost out on hit it. Five hundred, bro. I doubled my money, but it was a twenty dollars bet that I could have made five hundred on if Dejounte Murray had one more assist on the on the the like I think last the third game of the season, like last three games of the season, he had he had a nine assists and seventeen points. If he had one more assist, bro, five hundred dollars would have been mine. What a shame! But Dejounte Murray, hmm. who's he playing against in the play-ins? Is that tomorrow? Is that tomorrow? that is tomorrow. That is tomorrow. Uh, the Hawks play uh, the Heat for the seventh seed. Um, who I don't, got? I don't think this is even a question for me. <laughs> I think the Heat are obviously going to beat the Hawks tomorrow because we've seen Trey Young struggle against the Miami Heat team against in the past couple of seasons. Like, I think his record against the Heat is like, three and nine in the last two or three seasons. This Heat team is physical, and they're getting right at the right time. And we know that Jimmy Butler likes to coast during the regular season, and he he absolutely turns it on in the postseason. I don't, he, he just unlocks Michael Jordan mode when it comes playoff time. And I, I don't think this year is any different because he's just straight up a superstar in the playoffs. One, one yeah. of the scariest players to ever go up against. Yeah, and if you're the Heat, you got to take this game serious because if you can get that seventh seed instead of the eighth seed, and you play the Celtics, who you've had a lot of success against, um, I think that's I think it's better if you get the the Celtics matchup versus the Bucks matchup. I think they just match up a lot better with the Celtics than the Bucks. Um, they've beaten the Bucks before, but this year the Bucks look like I just if I was them, if I was Spolstra, I'd be like, let's get it done now in the plan so we can play the Celtics and get like a couple days mm-hmm. of rest. Jimmy Jimmy Butler knows he has the Celtics number. Yeah. He knows. And this will be the, the I I'm already putting in stone that the Heat are being the Hawks tomorrow. So I already have it set that it's gonna be Celtics versus Heat in the first round. I agree. And this will be this will be the third time, third time Jimmy Butler and the Heat has faced against the Celtics. They lost their previous two matchups, but I'm but barely I'm, I I know that Jimmy Butler's not gonna let it happen again. Dude, imagine if the Heat knock off the Celtics in the first round. That's, oh my god. I'm just thinking about the consequences of that. Because it would have to go to seven games, rumblings. Right? It would it would have to go to seven games. It would have to. I'm thinking about the seventh game in the garden in Boston. That's a tough environment to play in, but that's a environment that Jimmy Butler thrives in. The whole the whole heat, like it feels like they they feel no pressure. That whole heat like team. that's a that's a tough. They're battle tested. They're tough team. Yeah. Like as much as I, as much as I think that Tyler Hero is cringy, he can play. I think this is the best season of his career so far, and he looked like a legitimate number two option on a contending team. And Bam Adebayo, of course, is is defensive player of the year caliber player, and he looked like he added a lot more to his scoring bag this season. Who's that? Who's the eighth spot for you? Eight spot. Um, I think these three teams are pretty even. I think it's 
Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but between the Hawks, Raptors, and Bulls, for our listeners who may not know, uh, yeah, Chicago has been playing as of late. They've been playing really good. You know, the biggest thing is Zach Levine has kind of taken the rain back a little bit, and he's playing great. Uh, there, there was a little bit of frustration you saw from him in the middle of the season, um, yeah. but now that Zach Levine is back in the mix and DeRozan's going to do his thing, obviously he does his thing in the playoffs too. That doesn't surprise me if they make the eighth seed. I love the I love the Hawks. I think the Raptors have a lot of depth and a lot of height. But if the Bulls make it, I think the Raptors. It's because if the the Bulls had to play the Hawks, the Bulls had to play the Hawks. What then happen? I think the Bulls could win in the first round in the first round of the play-in. But the fact that the Bulls have to play the Raptors it makes me feel. Uh, I don't think that's a good matchup for the Bulls. I just don't. I think I think that that length on the Raptors it could definitely bother at least Levine, DeRozan, and um, definitely Vucevic, uh, Jakob Pertl. They just, they're just long. They're all long. And and w- this Bulls team relies heavily on shooting. So I, I don't know. For me, I think the Bulls changed my mind after the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, they were 14-9, which is one of the top five, top, yeah, top five records in the league after the All-Star break. And the thing that changed that looked different was uh, their their offense. I, I don't fully agree with their offense. Like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan started making more shots. That, and that seems about it. But it's <laughs> yeah, it's a, com- it's a combination. It's a combination of of Patrick Beverly and Alex Caruso on defense. Yeah. Like Patrick Beverly gets all the jokes made about him because he he he, he gets scored on a lot. Right. He's a six one defender. He's going to get scored on. And he also talks a lot of trash. But you pair that with Alex Caruso, who actually has length, instincts, and, and two good actually scores. hustles on defense. And you have a pretty lethal perimeter defense combo in them. Yeah, I agree. And, and like, yeah, they they, I don't really trust them in the clutch. I don't think they're a good clutch team. But they, they'll wear you down. Patrick Beverly and Alex Caruso will wear you down throughout the course of a game. And it's important to notice that, you know, th- yeah, these three teams, we could talk about who makes the eighth seed. All of them are going to lose to the Bucks, So it doesn't yeah, really matter. <laughs> it doesn't really matter who wins these games. I think the Heat could beat the Celtics, so that's more of a story. But uh, whatever team gets that eighth spot, I, they're just not going to they're just not going to beat the Bucks. But on the West side, um, let's talk about something that happened yesterday on the Timberwolves. Uh, who are seeing at the eighth seed, they're going to have to fight for the seventh seed. Um, I think it's tomorrow against the Lakers. And, in uh, L.A. In L.A., so they're playing away, and they have so much shit going on. So much shit going on. Oh, my God. Uh, most of y'all probably seen the punch from Gobert. Uh, Kyle Anderson called him a bitch, which is like, man, you can't let that shit slide. At the same time, <laughs> you can deal with that later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can call him a bitch back, but dude, do not fucking swing, bro. Because then everything just gets put on you. You know what I mean? No matter what mm-hmm. Kyle Anderson said, he could have said some shit about his your mom or your wife or whatever. As long <laughs> as you're the one swinging, that's all that anyone that's cares you. about. Exactly. And he's hurt. He's hurting his team, or maybe helping, maybe helping, because Gobert is suspended for tomorrow's game against the Lakers. It's interesting you say and- that. I want to bring that up later. And after Gobert got sent home at halftime, the Timberwolves rallied to beat the Pelicans last night. 
So very, very interesting storylines here. But I don't, I don't think Gobert's the biggest loss. Me neither. I think I the think, bigger yeah. loss. I think your McDaniel's was the yeah. biggest loss because stupid, McDaniels, stupid, stupid. Punching a wall, I get it in frustration, but punching a wall and breaking your hand I don't get it. right before I don't get the it. play in. I don't get it, bro. It's the last game of the season. What could you be he, fucking frustrated about? Like that bad to where you punch the wall so hard, your fucking hand shatters. And McDaniels, McDaniels has been my pick for all NBA defensive team. He's got to make the I team. I think he's, he's for been sure on so team. good. He's been so good this season on defense. He's he's a legit two way player, and he he can guard one through five. Mm-hmm. I think the stats say that he spent the most amount of time on star players this season, and he has a lot to show for it too. So now he's like, he's they're like missing a, their best wing defender, and they're missing their best rim protector, I guess. But he wasn't protecting the rim, which is why Kyle Anderson got pissed at him. Yeah, Jaden McDaniels, in my opinion, is like a half a tier below Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I'd say he's at. If Andrew Wiggins is S tier, McDaniel's is A tier. If Wiggins is A tier, McDaniel's is B tier. Yeah, uh, more like the second one. There's no way Wiggins is S tier, bro. I don't know. After what he did in the finals last year, I think he showed that he was the second had, best player on the Warriors one, last year. He had a couple good games, yeah. But it's like, man, you don't get that kind of spacing on any other team. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, but let's talk about this matchup. Uh, Lakers and Timberwolves. Who you got? I thought I thought I would save this for later. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. Let's save this for later. Let's save. Let's move on to the nine and ten. Uh, who, who wins? Who wins in the Pelicans and Thunder? Not that it really matters, but uh, I think I got the Pelicans in this. I know. I know everyone loves the Thunder and their great surprise story and how Shea Gilgis Alexander is a most improved player candidate, which I do not agree with. I don't think Shea Gilgis-Alexander should win a most improved player. You think it's marketing? It's marketing because yeah. everyone everyone saw what Shea did last season. Like, he's just following his path. Yeah, you brought that up on our very first episode, and as I listened to it, I, I, I started to agree with you. You had a very good point that Shea Gilgis has been doing this for a couple years, and when we talk about the most improved we're talking about who improved the most from last year. And yeah. if, if Shea's been doing this and Markkinen hasn't, and all of a sudden Markkinen is averaging 25 a game, it's got to go to Markkinen, regardless of whether Shea is averaging 30. Um, Shea, all-NBA player, but Markkinen's got to get that most improved player. Yep, and I, I think with most improved player, there has to be a level of, like, you didn't expect this. Like, whoa, where did this come from? Yeah. And Markkinen did exactly that. Yeah. Going back, the Thunder, the Thunder will have a hard time against the Pelicans just because they don't really have a center. Jalen Williams has been playing center, and he's so undersized. I appreciate the hustle. I appreciate the effort. But you're going against a bruiser like Jonas Valanciunas. You're going to need size for that matchup. Yeah. I think um, but you're going to be surprised. They are a disciplined team, though. Who, the Thunder? Yeah, the Thunder are extremely disciplined team on defense. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be surprised. So the defense helps out a lot, yeah. But this team, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the reason you is the if you thunder. saw, I have the Thunder going, um, maybe not beating either the Lakers or the Timberwolves, but I have the Thunder. Um, because 
with this Pelicans team, I feel like they're going to come into this game with the mindset, and we've talked about this before, the mindset of playing to not lose versus the Thunder coming in, playing to win. The Thunder you have think they're absolutely just that hungry young team. They're hungry because they're young and and they have and they want to win cuz they have absolutely nothing to lose. Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. No one thought that they were going to be in the plan. So no one expects them to win and and they have everything to gain. Experience, uh notoriety, um just making the playoffs, like just they haven't been in the playoffs since Westbrook. So I think no, actually since Chris Paul, you forgot about that bubble season. Oh fuck! Since Chris Paul, with this, with this, with this um, Thunder team, you don't got anyone on the Pelicans that can stop Shea Gilders. Dyson, Dyson, fucking Daniels isn't gonna. Tyson, Herb Jones. Dyson, Herb Jones. They're they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna be able to stop him. He's that good. And then even if they do, the pace of this Thunder team with the defense, missed shots equals transition break opportunities and this thunder can re- this thunder team can really run the floor jalen williams can really fucking run the floor and he's big he reminds me of josh hart when he's coming down the lane it's really fucking harder to stop him when he gets when he gets going it's really hard to stop him from getting to where he wants to get he's just so big you've seen him play um you've seen him play in person he's just huge big ass dude yeah, doesn't look he he's just huge. a big ass dude and Josh Giddy, we forget about Josh Giddy. We forget about it's just the, these young guys that can play. I think they can win this game against the Pelicans. They they Unless, do have three guys with size that can handle the ball and score, which which is a rarity. But they have three guys that can do it. But and, I just think this comes yeah. down to playoff experience. This is a this is a Pelicans team that really rallied, like they they were they were great to start the season. Zion got injured, and then they fell in the standings. But then Willie Green rallied the troops to bring them within the play-in, to bring bring them into the play-in race. And not to mention, Brandon Ingram has been on a tear. Yeah, the he past has. ten games. I was gonna and say, if they if who can Brandon guard Ingram's Brandon Ingram on a Thunder? Yeah, yeah, nobody, Brandon Ingram. Nobody. nobody can guard him. And this is a team that that felt the disappointment of losing to the Suns in the first round last season. They, they do have playoff experience, so I think this does come down to having more experience than the young up-and-coming team that wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pelicans. I, th- I got Thunder, but it could go either way. But um, let's... Uh, That's the beauty let's, of the play-in. That's yeah. the beauty of playing. I love it. I, lo- I hope they never get rid of it. I love it. But um, we're gonna get into our next segment. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do the same thing we did last week. Uh, our new game called Zero to One Hundred. Uh, the rules are: if you weren't here last week, the rules are: uh, we will take turns giving statements, and the opposite person who is listening will rate the statement one to a hundred. Or uh, we have three choices. You could do. Zero chance, which is obviously no, it's mm-hmm. not gonna happen. You could do fifty fifty, which is uh, I'm on, I'm on, I don't know, I'm not too sure. It could happen, it could not happen, and then hundred percent, which is I one hundred percent agree with you. So pretty simple. Um, yeah, we're gonna get right into it. Angus, you want to go first? Yes, I do. This is gonna be gonna be connected to something we talked about earlier. I didn't want right. to say it because I want to save it for this segment, but 
in a play-in game tomorrow, Lakers versus Timberwolves, I believe that the Wolves are going to beat the Lakers. Oh, my God. And I think that Anthony Edwards is going to have the, the game of his career you know what? against the Fuck Lakers. Fuck you, bro. When the, when, the, when the stage is that bright, with with everyone doubting the Timberwolves, with everyone saying that they don't have McDaniels, they don't have Gobert, who's gonna stop Go, who's gonna stop AD, who's gonna stop LeBron? Anthony Edwards is gonna show that he's a legitimate two-way player in this league, and he is a future superstar. He is gonna propel himself into superstardom tomorrow in the play-in game. What a hot take! What a hot take! But you're doing this fucking game wrong, bro. <laughs> you're I am. To give a statement. You're supposed to give a statement, and then I rate it. So your statement you would be, that? your statement would be the Timberwolves will make will beat the Lakers in the play-on game. I I just added some extra. I just added Anthony Edwards will become oh, yeah. a superstar. You're right. You're right. You're because right. Because of this game. Um, I just okay, was very passionate about it. Yeah, that's. But you know, you want to know what my first question was, bro? What? <laughs> I'm gonna read that's it word question. for word. What I wrote down: the Timberwolves will still take the seventh seed despite Gobert and McDaniel's absence. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> we had the same we exact agree. question, bro. So just, I'm gonna go with went specific. Yeah, I'm gonna go with 100. percent I think I totally agree with you, bro. Like like you said um, earlier, you said the offense of this Timberwolves team doesn't lack when Gobert is not playing, and mm-hmm. and although you you are missing McDaniel's. You have other guys that can step up. Jalen Noel can fucking hoop. And um, this allows a guy like Edwards, a guy like Cat, who's been ramping up, who hasn't played for basically the entire season, uh, but's finally looking good. Um, the absence of Gobert is really going to help those two guys in particular. And I totally agree with you. You're going to start seeing how fucking, how fucking great Anthony Edwards really is on both ends of the floor. And I just love do it, the way he's been playing. Yeah, and to do it against a kind of old, kind of slow Lakers team, it's gonna if they upset the Lakers, um, <laughs> it's gonna be a sight to see. And uh even even this go bear absence allows a guy like Kyle Anderson to play longer. Um Yeah, and he he's really good when he's able to play as a big. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you, man. That's so funny. We had uh I'm gonna have to think of a different question now. Um but yeah, I 100% agree with you. I I, I think Great. the Timberwolves will win. Uh, I don't know if the I think that the Lakers will still make the playoffs, but I think the Timberwolves will win. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I do agree with that. Yeah, so I'm gonna go next. I'm gonna just <laughs> instead of giving you my first question, I'm gonna give my second question. Um, I think you have a lot to say about this, so I'm interested on your opinion. My right. second statement will be: the Clippers will be a first round exit. Mm. Against the Phoenix Suns, this is. I'm gonna have to say fifty-fifty on this. Okay. All right. I know a lot of people are saying that the Suns can beat the Clippers, but <laughs> Kawhi Leonard has been an All NBA level talent this season. He's averaging twenty-eight yes. points on like fifty, forty, ninety, and this is the best I've ever seen Kawhi Leonard look. And in terms of top ten players. You have Kawhi. Kawhi is firmly in that top 10. Same with Kevin Durant. I think... Which I, is insane I, to say. Which is insane but I just, to say. 
the only reason why I think this is 50% true is because of the matchups. Like, this is a first round, mm-hmm. and it, it sucks that this is such a weird freaking season that you got the Suns and Clippers matching up in the first round. Yeah. But, uh, so basically, we're either going to have to go the rest of the playoffs without seeing Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant. Yeah. yeah. Which is a freaking shame. Because you got a team like the fucking Kings occupying the third spot. That's why. Yeah, you have the Kings who are rightfully occupying the third oh, spot. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but, um, like, there's also rumblings that Paul George might make an appearance in the first round. I, mm. I um, Shams sent an update today saying that he's progressing extremely well on an extremely terrible knee injury. I remember yeah. watching a replay. I was like, oh, that's a tough injury. Uh, so, so there's so a you chance. Say, you say 50-50. There's a chance. Who I are you 50/50. leaning towards? <laughs> I say Kawhi. It's a tough question. Kawhi and the Clippers. Really? Kawhi and the Clippers. Because we're we're forgetting about something. All right. I'm I bagged on this player. I always say that his MVP was undeserved, but Russell Westbrook. Oh has my been god. Oh my Rus- god. This this is the full court where people change their oh mind. Oh my god. Right? <laughs> Everyone knows that I'm a I'm a certified Westbrook hater. I'm a, I'm president of the Westbrook hate Angus, club. After I like, edit this podcast great. and you do the description, I want you to write Angus changes his mind about Russell Westbrook. Okay, I will. I will. <laughs> um, but West, Russell Westbrook has shown that he can fit in on the team because he has players that can hold him in check, just like how you mentioned earlier in a different show. He has Paul George is keeping him in check. You have Kawhi Leonard. There, there's yeah. an established pecking order. And Tyloo, who's a player's coach, and there's a report that set out that Tyloo is a player's coach, and Russell Westbrook for the longest time has been looking for a player, for a coach that can just hold his hand and just like, I don't know, just allow him to be comfortable. And he looks like he's generally comfortable in L.A. with with the Clippers. It looks like the team loves him. And surprisingly, Westbrook has shot 52% from three in the last five games. And he looks like a scrappy defender. And he, he's still going to get rebounds, and he can facilitate the offense, which is something that the Clippers have been missing. They've been missing a facilitator for so long. Yeah. And, and I mean, think about that a Lakers and Clippers game, that super important game for both teams. Uh, if the Lakers won that, they could be sitting at 6 or 5 right now. So, yeah. um, But their game plan was to let Westbrook shoot, and he just was making them. And that was the was biggest difference him. in that game. Uh, one, I think that's a fucking terrible fucking idea. If you're Darwin, Darwin Ham, that's a terrible fucking plan. Like that's like, just lazy. To that's let Westbrook shoot. That's just lazy. Like fucking play well, defense. Give him space, but don't fucking let him shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he, Westbrook has looked better. He doesn't look like Lakers Westbrook. He's he's making his layups. He doesn't look as out of control. I, I mean, when he first joined the Clippers, he still looked out of control. But now it seems like someone has reeled that in, I which think just, I. It, I I got to give credit to Ty Lue for that. For sure. I think it's just a lot less pressure on him when you have two of the one greatest scorers in the league at the t- at the moment. Um, and, and you have a lot of depth and a great coach. And you're in a different situation than the Lakers. I think a lot was expected of you and the Lakers. I think that coming from such a shit position and a shit season, couple of seasons, uh, there's almost nothing expected from the from you when you get to the Clippers which takes a lot of pressure off. And and you're not on the Lakers, uh, so the spotlight isn't on you even though you're in the same fucking stadium. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um. Uh. Is it? It's my turn now, right? No, you just you just gave me that one. So oh yeah, your I'll turn. Get, I your got turn, another one. Um. Uh, Anthony Davis. I'm not sure how hot this is, but Anthony Davis will be the best player during the Lakers run. He'll okay. Be before I answer LeBron. that, before I answer that, um, I do want to say I think that the Suns will win on the last one. I think the Suns will take the the series, and I don't think it'll be close. I think it'll be it'll be a sweep. I think it'll be six games max. Six games max. Kawhi Leonard losing in six games. Yeah, oh, no that's, Paul George. That's such a crazy statement to me. No Paul George. And it's not going to be Leonard's fault. He's going to have thirty a game. But it's it's I've seen really bad moments from this Clippers team. And even though they added a lot of depth and they added Russell Westbrook, you take away Paul George, and all of a sudden you have just as much pressure on Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook and. You're gonna see the Lakers Westbrook on the clip on the series. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you. So I Suns and six. But you max. have a freaking a shot making defending robot named Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, but you got he can turn. What is Kawhi gonna do? Series. Is Kawhi gonna guard Kevin Durant and score forty a game? Like, what is he gonna do? You know what I mean? I think is he gonna guard he's Devin done Booker? Is he gonna guard he's Devin Booker? He's yeah, guarded he's... Giannis and averaged thirty five in the series. Okay, but. Did was Devin Booker He's on that team? Now. Was Chris Paul on that team? Was he coming Giannis, off of two Giannis ACL is harder injuries? to guard than any of those people. Giannis is harder I to guard. I disagree. Oh my god, I disagree so much. Giannis Giannis is harder to guard from the standpoint that you have to use your entire team to guard Giannis. One on one? You can't one on one are is Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant scoring on Kawhi uh six times out of ten. I'm not saying I'm not gonna get oh Durant scores on him six times. I'm gonna be, but if you're talking about difficulty in guarding someone, it's it. There's no there's no harder player to guard than Kevin Durant. There's no harder guard player to guard than Kevin Durant. It's just it's just he's too tall. His his release point is too high. He's too good of a shooter, and and you can't bother him. He has a full package. If if you mm. if you're too close to him, he can post you up. He can go by you because he has he has handles, and he's one of the best, if not top three shooters in the league. And you have Devin Booker on the other end of that. So if PG was completely healthy and ramping it up towards playoffs, this would be a different story. But I think the Clippers have no chance against the Suns team. They just it's just it's 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 stars versus stars in this matchup and the the Suns have more. Hmm. Okay. But this will definitely be a series that I tune into. This is one yeah. of the two series where I watch I'll make sure I watch every single second of it. Me too. But let's go back. You said um you said A D would Anthony be the Davis best player on the, on Lakers. the Lakers. Better um, than LeBron. So this is you're talking about just the entire play and playoff thing right yeah H- however far they make it so this could be as as little as two games yeah it could be as little as two games <laughs> um this is a tough one so you're saying he'll be the best player on the lakers or is he going to be better than lebron i i think those statements are the same i don't know because i when i think about the lakers as of late i've been thinking about d'angelo russell and I think the impact he has on that team could be greater than Anthony Davis. But, yeah, I, I, but I think... But not better than I, LeBron. Ain't no way you think D'Angelo Russell has been better than LeBron. Maybe some games, but LeBron yeah. is still definitely the top dog on the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I, I can't, I'm kind of going into this this uh, it's hard for me because I'm kind of going into this um, this playoff these playoffs as like a LeBron hater again, <laughs> just because I don't, I don't think he can do it. He's just, like, just too old. But every time I hate on LeBron, it goes just gets fucking thrown back in my face. So, um, yeah, man, let's go with LeBron this time. I think LeBron. I think uh, especially against the teams that they're going to be playing against, LeBron's going to have his way. Especially with no go bear when you play the Timberwolves. What is Cat going to do down there? Um, but yeah, I'd say I'd say I'd say zero chance. I'd say fifty fifty. I'd say fifty fifty, but but leaning on um leaning towards LeBron. So you're you're like twenty five percent then. I'd say twenty five. Twenty five percent. Yeah, twenty five percent. Yeah, twenty five percent. Yeah. Well, I just think about who they're playing. All right, so Anthony Davis is going to go against Cat tomorrow, right? Yeah. Cat cannot guard Anthony Davis. All right, Cat is not a, a defensive player. And let's just say that the Lakers ended up as an eight seed. They'll go against the Nuggets, and who they have Jokic. They got Jokic right there. Yeah. And Anthony Davis is going to thrive against Jokic because Jokic has proved that this season, he's been the worst defender I've ever seen this season. And I think Anthony Davis is going to absolutely eat up on Jokic. That would be an interesting matchup, Lakers and Nuggets. I think that's pretty yeah. even. <laughs> um, Do you but, think that will be the first-round matchup? That that could be, and that would be a really good one to watch. But let's say that they, they – let's say they – Let's say they beat the Timberwolves, right? And they play the Grizzlies. And now Jaren AD's Jackson getting... Jr.? Yeah. What then? What then? Perfect. Anthony Davis plays better when he's power forward. Jaron Jackson is playing. Is forced to play. He is a power forward, but he's forced to play center without Steven Adams. And without Steven Adams being the bruiser that he is in the paint, Anthony Davis can work on his perimeter game and just absolutely put the work on Jaron Jackson. But I wouldn't AD that. have to play the five as well? Against another four, but Jaren he play, Jackson, he's playing against Jaron Jackson. They're the same size, though. This, this, this is gonna. Sh- so everyone has been on the Jaron Jackson hype train for Defensive Player of the Year this season, but Anthony Davis is a mold that people want Jaron Jackson to be. Anthony Davis is gonna show why Jaron Jackson is still his son, for sure. And AD is AD is a much better player offensively and on the same tier as Jaron Jackson defensively. But the thing is, if you want AD to be your best player on the floor, he can't. He can't be the best player if he's getting guarded by a defensive player that's just as good as him, if not better, defensively. And L- listen to this stat, though: Anthony Davis against Jaron Jackson Jr. has averaged twenty-seven points, thirteen rebounds, and four blocks. Goddamn. <laughs> Goddamn. And not to mention, this is this is the Shannon Sharp. This will be the Shannon Sharp matchup. But they've never played in the, in the playoffs before. Yeah, they they never played. But Anthony Davis has has shown that he can perform against Jaron Jackson. Yeah. Uh, if he can, if he cannot break his leg, I, I think he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I hope. I hope he can be fine. But it's never. It's just hard to watch sometimes. Um. All right. Is my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. All right. All right. So I asked this to Aaron last week. But I do want to know your opinion because we've been talking about this team for a while now. Um, but my statement is, and similar to the last statement, the New York Knickerbockers, oh. they will be a first-round exit against the Cleveland Cavaliers mm. and Donovan Mitchell. Okay. 
This one's even more tough. This one's even this tougher one's tough. than the Clippers and Suns. But I'm 100% on that train. I'm 100% on that train. Yeah. Because 100%? I I think I think 100% because I think the Knicks have the best player in that series. Okay, so you're saying zero I, chance then? Because I said the Knicks would be a first round exit. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm saying that the Cavaliers would beat the Knicks. Oh, you're saying the Cavs will beat them. Okay. Yeah. What? But I you just, just said think... the Knicks have the best player. No, no. I said. I, I did. I must have said the Cavs. Let's see. Maybe Cavs. I misheard. Maybe Man, I, misheard. I haven't podcasted in so long. It's really <laughs> catching up to me. Okay, so you said the the Cavs will beat the Knicks, and the Cavs have the best player in Dimitch. Yes, Spider Spider is All NBA this season, and 100%. he he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Like we heard this summer that the Knicks were planning on trading. For Donovan Mitchell, but the price was too high. You think Donovan Mitchell isn't isn't gonna remember that? He remembers. Yeah. I I remember him thinking that he was for sure going to the Knicks, getting yeah. traded to the Knicks, and then the Knicks said no because the price was too high. And that's why this is such a story, you know. And that's not. Gonna, there's gonna be no. There's gonna be no home. I, I mean, away games for Donovan Mitchell. He loves playing in New York. Yep. He loves playing in New York. And I think that the New York Knicks fans are going to be reluctant to boo Donovan Mitchell because that was a player that they wanted for so long. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, just boo the fucking front office, man. Yeah, boo the front office. And Julius Randle, I've never been a fan of Julius Randle. I just think his game is so is not very aesthetically pleasing. He's not, not. smooth. He's having he a good season, a of, though. Yeah, he's having a great season, and he takes bad shots. Um, I think that and, I, I've hated. We both hated openly on Julius Randle in playoff situations or clutch situations. Um, yeah. But don't you? But but with the addition of Jalen Brunson and other pieces like Josh Hart, Emmanuel quickly playing great. Don't you think that takes a little bit of pressure off Julius Randle instead of him feeling like he has to lead this team to a victory? Him feeling more of I just have to play good enough to support my team because we're a good team already. Yeah, but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Julius Randle. He's still going to look to find his own shot. I've seen time and time again where Emmanuel quickly has a hot hand and then you'll see Julius Randle come in and take like a 10 dribble pull up from mid-range and brick yeah. it. Yeah. And I've seen not that to too. mention I've seen that too. The the Cavaliers have the number 1 defense in the NBA and you know who that's led by? That's led by Evan Mobley. Yeah. Evan Mobley is is probably on the same level defender as Jaron Jackson Jr., but here's the thing. Evan Mobley doesn't get caught in foul trouble. He's more disciplined than Jaron Jackson Jr. And the Cavs have don't have to worry about rebounding because they have Jared Allen, who who's also a good rim protector and can rebound. But I do think that that matchup between Jared Allen and Mitchell Robinson, that's going to be a good matchup to look out for. It is. Those, those bigs is. play very similarly. This is going to be a great series, man. Um, but I am interested. So you, 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 you're so sure that the Cavs will beat the Knicks. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm. Sorry. I'm less. I'm less convinced. But what do you think the series will be? Oh, I think it's gonna be four two Cavs. Four, four two. two Cavs. Hmm. Four two Cavs. Man. So you're putting a lot of faith but, in Donovan Mitchell and the defense. They have a great team. Top four for a yeah. reason. Top four for a reason. But I have a lot of faith in my boy, JB. A lot of faith JB. in him. JB. 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 Jaylen, Jaylen, oh, Jaylen, I was about to say. Yo, Brunson, um, Brunson can't he can perform in the playoffs, and he will definitely have a field day because I don't I don't think the Cavs have a stopper for him. They don't. But what is Garland going to do against him? N- nothing. That's that's why I think that the Cavs 
fifth starter, whoever it is, maybe it's Isaac Okoro or Danny Green. That's gonna be the person that put on Jalen Brunson. And I the the Cavs don't have to worry about wings because I don't think the Knicks have good wings. RJ Barrett, I'm not concerned about RJ Barrett at all in the playoff series. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, no, yeah, no, definitely not. Uh the one thing about the Cavs, I see a lot of times that they're rolling in one like the first half, first, second quarter rolling. And then they'll have a period of time where they're they just go stagnant. You know, they just like they can't make anything when Garland has missed three shots in a row, when Donovan Mitchell has missed three shots in a row, and all of a sudden their bench players are trying to look for shots just to just to score. And and all of a sudden you have five straight possessions where they haven't scored and they're looking for that that score and they're just passing the ball around. Um you saw that when we when the Kings played them. <laughs> they didn't score yeah. for the last nine minutes of the fourth quarter. And if you're they, if you're they a really have, good team, they they that just they have happen. a really bad offense in the clutch. All right. I think that they are ranked in the bottom ten in the league when it comes to clutch time offense, which is going to lead to their demise. And I think that's why but, the Knicks have a much better chance than you think, because the Knicks they play pretty slow. They play in the half court a lot. And with a guy like Jalen Brunson, who is just so good at getting his spots in the half court, when the when the, when the time is right and you need a shot, man, I'm putting my money on him over Donovan Mitchell. Like, yeah, I, 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 I think Donovan Mitchell was a better player. Don't get me wrong. But I think Jalen Brunson, when it comes to those fourth quarter moments, is just that guy. He's just that guy. He was. He was in the league. He, he's a candidate for clutch player of the year. But that's not going to go to him. I think no. Fuck going that. To. He's going. It's going to the Sacramento Kings, bro. It's going to De'Aaron motherfucking Fox. Um, let's let's just let's just end it off with your last take. My last take. Well, this is this is more of a future take, but it does have some playoffs. I think that after the Hawks are eliminated from the playoffs, Trey Young will be traded. Trey Young will be traded at the end of the season. At the end of the season, once the Hawks are eliminated, so they're gonna they're gonna roll with Dejounte. They're gonna roll with Dejounte. They're gonna roll with this new coach that they brought in, this defensive minded coach that they brought in, with all this elite, with with the elite switching bigs that they have, like the Big O Ognaka Kongwu and DeAndre yeah. Hunter, and. They're going to get a bona fide star for Trey Young if they choose to trade Trey Young. But I just don't think the Hawks are really loving their future with Trey Young right now. I'm going to go with zero chance on that one. And it's zero not chance. because not because I'm a Trey Young fan. But if you if you compare him to uh like Luka per se. Luka's never been to the Western Conference Finals. And Trey Young has. And they got drafted in the same year. Yeah, but it seems like they're they're holding on to that Eastern Conference Finals run so hard, but then they that they're it's not even the same team anymore. But they that was only two Kevin years Hunter. ago. That was only two years ago. So why would you trade your best player to restart when two years because ago you're in the Eastern Conference Finals and you have a guy that you, you know can take you there again? Because I think you got a better player now in Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray is better than Trey Young. <sighs> You're tripping, bro. I just think his two-way ability is great. How long did it take Steph Curry to learn how to play decent defense? Like six years. 
Six years. How long? No, longer than six years, bro. Longer than six years. I'd say that he didn't start playing decent defense until his MVP season. He won a championship before he learned how to play real defense. And to give up on Trey Young because, what, he's a brat sometimes? Like, (laughs) it's it's just... it's just imp- it's just impatient, in my opinion. It's like you have a star. And imagine if we traded De'Aaron Fox last year because we didn't make the fucking playoffs. Like, it's just it's just not patient. You have a guy that is a transcendent player. This guy could think- break Steph Curry's three point record later on in his career, and you're gonna trade him because you just you just just because of what the last two seasons have been below subpar. It's, because he- I, I I disagree. There are teammates that have come out against Trey Young. Kevin Herter was on a Sacramento radio show saying that playing with Trey Young, you definitely have to sacrifice a lot of things. John Collins has said the same thing. And you then he got two coaches fired. Of, yeah, you have to sacrifice a lot because he's a high-volume player. And if you want but the ball in your thing, hands... He's an extremely high-volume player. He needs the ball in his hands. That's the thing that sucks. And Because you have another ball handler, DeJounte Murray, who can also... But run the offense. But that didn't make sense to me. If you have a, I, I understand that you want to play him off ball, but if he's better off the dribble, why don't you play in a player that complements that play style instead of bringing in another fucking point guard? It just, I just didn't get it at the time. And I tried to make sense of it as like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense that they're trying to play him off the ball. But when I see the Hawks play, it doesn't, it does, he's not even running off screens. There's, there's nothing going on. It's just, it's just, DeJounte, here, your turn. Trey Young, here, your turn. It's not it. It's so I. I just need to see it, man. I, I. It's going to be interesting to see how they play in the in the in the playoffs because I am a true believer that stars turn it up in the playoffs. Real something stars. about this take also. I th- I noticed that under Quinn Snyder, Trey Young does play a little bit more off the ball, but you can tell that he's not fully into it. He's not. He's not cutting hard. He's not, not like going Steph. through those. Yeah, it's not like Steph. He he. But people are he, spoiled. They're spoiled. He's so used to playing with the ball. He's so used to playing with the ball. It's hard, and speaking as a shooter, it's hard to be motivated when you don't have the ball. You know what I mean? It's it's hard to play just as hard as when you have the ball. So think about his teammates. So think about his yeah. teammates, Trey Young's teammates, how point. unmotivated they are to play with Trey Young, how That's unhappy they are to play with Trey Young sometimes because they don't get the ball. We saw that DeAndre Hunter can play with the ball, and – a lot of times when he's playing with Trey Young, he's relegated. He's relegated to just strictly catch and shoot or just a spot up off the dribble drive, and then playing with Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray gets his teammates involved. Involved. He's not just passing it out on a kickoff. He he runs hands off with them. He he's willing to be more dynamic. He cuts. Yeah. Okay. So answer answer this question then. If they trade away Trey Young, can Dejounte Murray yeah. take them to the Eastern Conference Finals? No, but here's an here's some layer. All right, here's another layer to this. I think he'll get traded to Portland for Damian Lillard. Ooh. Oh, I wow. think that the Hawks are a perfect team for Damian Lillard. But that doesn't make sense. That doesn't even make sense for the for the Hawks. I, I don't. I, I guess you're you're basically trading away a younger Damian Lillard for an, a Damian Lillard who's who's twenty nine. 30. A, a better Damian, a better better Damian Lillard, a Damian Lillard that can play off the ball because we see him play off the ball with CJ McCollum, and he's he's a better defender than Trey Young. So I just don't get why you don't buy into Trey Young 
when right, he's already taken. Like listen, here's listen, how I listen. Look at it. When you, when you beat when you that that year they beat the Sixers, the year they beat the Knicks, the year they almost beat the Bucks. That year, what team did they have? They had Trey Young, they had Kevin Herter, they had Dejounte, uh, not Dejounte, uh, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Clint Capella. So your front court is exactly the same. The only difference is you had Kevin Herter and you had DeAndre Hunter. So all you and and the, I remember telling you. They need a scoring wing. And who do they bring in? They trade away their best shooter, and they bring in a non-shooter who is a fucking point guard. And tell me how that makes sense. It's just, it's like, okay, why so, would you? Okay, so so if that team made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, all right, let's say they upgrade Trey Young to Damian Lillard. That's a finals contender. Damian Lillard is a better shooter, is a better scorer, is a better leader than Trey Young. And... Th- Damon Lillard finally gets a surrounding cast where they can play defense better, and better make than shots. The, better than the Blazers team he had this year, because in the beginning of the year they were a really good team, number one in the number one in the West. Yeah, but everyone, I mean, at least I knew that 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 wasn't going to last. But at least be a playoff team. I think Damon Lillard, like, like 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 a Jeremy Grant, a Yusuf Nurkic, a Anthony Simons. Versus a, a Dejounte Murray, a John Collins, a Clint Capella. That's like Dejounte Murray is an All Star level player. Damian Jeremy Grant is an All Star level, level player. player. Anthony Simons is a future All Star level player. It, it's like I don't For think a future. How how much better is that Hawks bench or Hawks supporting cast than the Blazers supporting? cast? It's not much better. I think it's miles better because you get an All Star teammate. You get defenders. Damon Lillard but has you, been talking about but, how much he needs to be surrounded by defensive players after after they won the Olympic gold. He wanted to play with a player like Draymond, a, a level defender like Draymond. Like and a that's DeJounte Murray. Josh Hart is not a Draymond-level defender. DeJounte Murray is. DeJounte Murray has made all defensive teams. DeJounte Murray is a great defender. He's a great defender. And, and, and I could see him and Dame playing great together. But... Can, can you imagine DeAndre Hunter, um, DeJounte Murray, and then you have Onyeka Kongwu defending. Defending for Damian Lillard. So Damian Lillard can hide on defense. And then Clint Capella is still a pretty good rim protector and can rebound. I just... what? Just, just sit on it, all right? Damian Lillard on the Hawks. That will make the Hawks a contender. Yeah... I'm just saying, man, if you had a, t- a Portland team with Anthony Simons playing the way he was last season, a Jeremy Grant playing the way he played last season, uh, a Yusuf Nurkic who's shooting 40% from three, a uh, Josh Hart defensive player, um, uh, uh, and— That team and was a lottery team, by the way. They were in the lottery. Last year. Yeah, last year. Yeah, 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 but they didn't have Jeremy Grant. Yeah, but I don't think Jeremy Grant is pushing, pushing the line that much, as much as you think that he is. Yeah, he's a fourth option. Uh, I I just don't. The Hawks haven't really done anything either, and I think I I I guess I could see it. It, It's not a stretch. I could see it. I could see it. It's not a stretch. All right. (laughs) I don't think it's 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 it's, actually it is a stretch. All right. That's the point of this exercise. It's a stretch. It's a stretch, and but I can see where you're coming from. I can see it now. Follow up with the idea, all right? Damon Lillard winning a championship in Atlanta. That would be cool, I guess. 
I I I have full faith in Dame. I know any team he goes to, he'll be he'll be he'll be above great. Yeah, and he but can't I'm waste also, another year of his prime. I'm also a Trey Young believer, and I think that the Hawks are 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 not giving him enough time. And if you look at at his com- competition on the timeline, like Luka Doncic, the 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 Mavericks didn't. They're not even in the plan. You know what I mean? So. I just, I just think patience take get like patience. You know, it's a big thing that the league doesn't do anymore. It's like let's just get these fucking players well, and trade the, all the our picks for sucks, them. The thing that sucks about patience is that once you start winning, people have less patience for you. Like once you made it to the conference finals, people expect you to make the finals the next year. That's, that's the that's, thing about patience in the league. That's just the that's just what's wrong with the culture of the NBA though right now. Like, like people, rookies are coming into the league, and if they don't play, if they're not scoring 20 points a game, they're considered a bust in their first year. It's like, no, you need to give these players time to develop. You need to give teams time to build chemistry. You need, you need to give teams an opportunity to draft well. You need to give teams an opportunity to use their assets correctly in a timely manner so that they can get better assets. And that goes along with their timeline, and that's not something you can do in one season. And you see with the Mavericks, they just fucking blew their whole shit up for Kyrie and Christian Wood. And now next year, they're going to they're gonna be fucking terrible next year. They're going to be terrible well, next we'll, year. We'll, we'll see what they do in the offseason. I think this will be has potential to be one of the best offseasons in NBA history. Definitely interesting. It's going to be crazy. We have, we're going we're to have a lot to talk about. I'm actually looking for... We're going to have a lot to talk about in the next coming weeks, guys. Um, as the playoffs ramp up and start. But we're also going to have a lot to talk about when the season ends. And uh, we're gonna have a, a couple guests on during the summer. It's gonna be really fun. I'm not. I'm. It's not. I'm not. I'm not dreading the off season at all. Yeah, I'm not dreading it. Um, I, I love talking about the NBA. So, and I'll probably have more free time during the summer. I think. Why? <laughs> Actually, no. You're right. I won't. <laughs> I don't have. You're not in school anymore. no more, bro. I'm not in school. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that was the longest episode we ever recorded, but I think we, we we had a lot to talk about. Playoffs playoffs start or playing start tomorrow. Um and uh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. Uh Angus said the offseason's gonna be crazy. The playoffs are gonna be crazy too. And it, it, a lot of great first round matchups. Kings in the playoffs for the first time in sixteen years. We didn't get really talk about that too much, but what's to be said, man? We're playing the fucking Warriors. Um yeah, fuck we, the Warriors, man. That's all I got to say. I, I think you remember the last time we talked about this. I said specifically that I wanted the Kings to play the Warriors. And you said that that was a team that you're the most scared of. That, yeah, and I stand by that still. I I am a little bit scared now. But I think about it like playing against the Warriors is the biggest test. And it's such a great story because the Kings and Warriors have never been in the playoffs at the same time. But now they're finally in the playoffs at the same time. They're going up against each other. Like the Warriors have always been the big brother to the Kings. And Mike Brown is the assistant, was the assistant for Steve Kerr. So if the Kings want to prove that they're legit, they have to beat the people that, that currently hold the throne. Yeah. I mean, what a better, what, what better person to lead them than Mike Brown? The guy that yeah. was the head assistant of the Warriors last year and was a focal point on that bench and one of the main reasons they even won last year. I mean, many he, people, 
Many players give him credit for what for the championship last season. Yeah, so I I I have the, you got to believe the players have full confidence in him, even if they're playing a team like the Warriors. Yeah, uh, and he didn't come here to coach regular season games. He's finally he's been saying that all year. He's been saying Mike that Brown all year. Is doing his job Saturday, five thirty p.m. Pacific Standard Time on ABC. Tickets are out now, actually, y'all. Started selling <laughs> so them at twelve p.m. Did they you, actually you broke the, the record. They broke the record for um, most expensive first round tickets in NBA history. In the All NBA. In in all the NBA history, the Kings Jeez. versus Warriors game one and two are the most expensive in history. Did you see the prices? Like, what are they looking like? Uh, the lowest tickets are four hundred thirty dollars. I mean the high, you mean the highest tickets or the oh lowest, lowest price, lowest price ticket. God damn! But maybe we should go to San Francisco because those tickets are like two thirty. Guess the, no one wants to watch the Kings play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey bro, I'd be down. Warriors games, I'd be down, man. I'd be down. The the Warriors fans are always infest like fucking inf- infesting our fucking. Our sleep, our fucking Golden One Center. So I almost said Sleep Train Arena, but the, by the way, rest in peace, Sleep Train Arena. No, rest in peace, Arco Arena. Oh, rest in peace, both <laughs> Arco. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Warriors fans are always infesting the Golden One Center. So we, it's it's only right if we infest theirs back, right? Yep, it's only if right. You're down, bro. I'm fucking down. If you're actually down, I'll meet you in San Francisco. I'm fucking down. I'm I'll down. Spend $200. I just. I have to see what my schedule looks like for work, but I'll be yeah, down. Yeah, same. Or you can fly to Sac- Sacramento. We go to one of those viewing parties for free. That's true. That's, That's true. actually true. It's going to be also be just if, as if they're away. If they're away, uh, the Kings are hosting a viewing party inside the Golden One Center. No, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, for okay. free. And it's free. Would... Yeah, but you still got to get tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm fucking down, dude. All right. All right, y'all. Um, yeah, go Kings, man. Uh, I go hope Kings. we I hope we informed you a little bit about the drama and the playoff standings. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, appreciate y'all coming through today. Ten whole episodes. Yep. We're in the double digits finally. It's a small milestone, but it is one nonetheless. And yeah. we appreciate all the support we've been getting so far. And everyone that tunes in, um, every time one of y'all – DMs me and is like, hey man, love it. Keep doing what you're doing. It just means so much to me. Like it actually means so much to me. Cause um, yeah, I mean, like, it just means a lot. Like you don't you guys just won't understand. It just means a lot. It does. It does. Because we're just doing this for fun and seeing that that people also enjoy what we do, that makes me want to continue doing it. Facts. Facts. But yeah, uh, we love you guys. We'll see you guys uh, either next Sunday or next Monday, depending on what our schedule is looking like, probably Monday. Um, but yeah, appreciate y'all. Tune into the Kings, tune into the playoffs, games tomorrow, playing games tomorrow. Watch those. And we will be back in seven days. Appreciate you guys. Peace. Peace.